Welcome back to the Wrong Advice Podcast. I'm your host, John Picciuto, and I'm super excited to have my good friend, Kristen Tulo, on the line with us today. Kristen, how you doing? I'm good, John. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. It's a little rainy today, but, you know, what are you going to do? <laughs> yeah, we'll get through it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, Kristen, why don't you introduce uh, yourself to the audience? Sure. Um, I feel like this is always the most awkward question for anyone, but <laughs> my name is Kristen. Um, I am a fitness coach. I have a fitness um, and wellness business. Um, I have two dogs. I like to read. I used to write. I mean, I feel like this question is always like, uh, what do you do for a living kind of just comes out first, but there's just obviously so much more to people. So it's always a tough question to answer. I'm so glad you said that. Yeah, it is. But I, I just like to, you know, get people a good understanding of who you are. And, and obviously, we're going to dive into the, the fitness and wellness thing in, in a bit. Um, you and I have known each other for a, an alarmingly long period of time. Um, actually, <laughs> I think I mean, so I worked from the devils from 2008 to 2011. Um, and uh, that's where we met. Yeah. And I, I, I think I met you because because uh, I went to school with Steve, your friend Steve. Yep. Mm -hmm. I went to Monmouth with him, and I was actually roommates like my sophomore year of college with another girl you went to high school with, Diane. I'm not going to blow up her spot and say her last no name. No way. But That's so weird. Yeah, my, my sister went to Monmouth too, but I didn't know if you guys knew each other or not. Oh, my God. I did not know that. That's so funny. What a small yep, world. I mean, I, I, obviously, I knew that you were friends with Steve and, and yep. the other Steve. Um, but, wow, that's so funny. What a small world. <laughs> it is. It's a very world that's so funny um obviously we don't have much to talk about hockey wise because you know as par for the last <laughs> seven to ten years there's not much going on with the devils well which is i think that means there's actually there's actually a ton to talk about but nothing <laughs> nothing good can come out of that conversation <laughs> nothing positive for sure i think no. you know in a quick summation of where we're at i think there is promising youth in the organization and if we could put a defense and a goalie behind some of the offensive talent that we had, I think we could be all right. And I say we, like we I, both play for the team. <laughs> <laughs> right. Of course we are. We are the New Jersey devils, obviously. Um, and I, I agree with what you're saying, but I feel like I've also been saying this for like the past six years. <laughs> Cause you have, so I don't, I don't know what to think anymore, but you know, but you know, it's like the end of the season. We just kind of make ourselves feel better. And we're like, Oh, well, you know, they, they beat, the Bruins last night in overtime. So, so you know, there's stuff to work through. It's so hard to get excited about like one of those meaningless wins, but Boston's very good. So, I, I, I yeah, just am so sour. <laughs> I know, it, but it, you know, it's one of those feel-good wins, I guess, because you're like, look at this, the youth, the youth movement, and uh, maybe one day that'll translate to an actual winning campaign. But I think we'll that see. obviously your positive mental outlook is something that I do not <laughs> share, which obviously leads us into your work, which, you know, it is a job, obviously. But, you know, I, I often find that people who are into, you know, who do fitness and wellness as a career, it's more of a mindset. Um, how did you get into it? I think you had like a normal job before you jumped into this. So like, kind of talk me through your, your, you know, career progression and your life progression that kind of led you into what you're doing now yeah so it's been a journey um i've definitely done many other things before kind of finding i guess my real path which is always interesting because i guess i was like 34 35 when i made my own fitness business um but going back i guess i was i was always working out into that kind of thing um i hired a trainer for myself when i was i guess my early 20s um loved training with her 
and kind of just fell in love with it. Um, started reading books on it, podcasts, all that kind of stuff, and just enjoyed learning kettlebells and all the different movements. Um, I had a different job at the time. Lost that job. Was like, what should I do? I feel like this is my opportunity to do something that I love. And fitness was always the thing in the back of my head. But kind of like, can I actually make money being a personal trainer? Mm-hmm. Um, I tried it. I I made some money, but I will say I was working at like a big box gym in New York City. And um, it was a great place to learn the business and to kind of develop my skills and things like that. But um, definitely not a lot of money when you're working at a big box gym. Sure. Um, so I was there for a couple of years, worked at another private studio in the city, learned some more. Um, left, left fitness, came back to New Jersey. I was running my dad's restaurant for a few years. Um, yeah, it was a pizza, pizzeria, Italian restaurant. Um, didn't love, didn't love the food industry, but liked (laughs) other components of it. I liked the marketing aspect, like meeting people. I'm always like a people person. Mm -hmm. Um, but the, the entire like restaurant industry was just not for me. Mm -hmm. Um, so I decided to just leave that went back to fitness and then after the pan uh, or i should say once the pandemic hit and all the gyms closed um i decided just to just start my own company because no one was hiring and here i am i love that um it shares a similar uh kind of path that i've found in life obviously i'm, I'm 35 and it's only been in the last couple of years that i've really focused on you know chasing down my passions of, you know, photography and this podcast. And it's, I think it's funny. It's also a bit like, not sad, but alarming that how many people I have these conversations with that we, we have all of these common experiences in terms of chasing the things that we want to do, but it happening super late in life. Um, but I, sure. I, I think it's really great, obviously that you're now doing something that you love, um, and that, you know, you, you're happy to wake up every morning and, uh, and do, um, what was it about, you know, starting your own company and your own business that really drove you and kind of inspired you to get started? Um, because it is not easy. I have owned multiple independent, you know, cell phone businesses and it's, it's never, you know, a, a walk in the park. Um, so what was it, you know, obviously COVID and everything, what was like the ultimate, you know, push in the back or kick in the pants that made you say like, fuck it, I'm going to do this. Well, I mean, I guess when your back's against the wall, it's probably the best thing to happen. Right. Because, um, I've always imagined working for myself again because I had been a manager at a at a, another fitness facility and had some clients that I was training, but mostly just managing it. Um, and the dream would always be to like work for myself and open up my own gym or something like that. Mm-hmm. But it's it's a risk, right? And sure. I'm making a paycheck. I have health insurance. I have all this stuff. So why would I go out and maybe blow it? And then, you know, when you have to bet on yourself in certain situations, it's probably not the easiest thing to do. Absolutely. Um, so I get... I think it was a blessing and a curse when I lost my job um, because like I said, I was applying for all of these other jobs that I didn't really want, but I was like, I need to make money. If I just sit home, I'm going to go crazy. Um, and I was very fortunate because I had some clients um, and some friends that knew that I was in the fitness industry prior and people just started reaching out and they were like, you know, we're sitting at home. Um, could you start training me? Like on zoom, I have a friend that wants to do it. Uh, another one of my clients was like, will you come and train me outside of my house? Like, we'll keep our distance, but it's been two months. I need to start moving. Yeah. And it really just snowballed from there. And all of a sudden I was like, you know, I was just doing it for fun to keep myself busy. And then I'm like, I think I might actually have something here. 
Um, so got all the paperwork finished and I'm very creative. So it's Kristen Tulo fitness. Um, <laughs> and yeah, creative. like I said, yeah, super, super creative, but it was kind of just like, I needed to get it done because I wanted everything to be like all set up. Um, I'm, and a name didn't really seem to matter at the time and I still don't really care. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like I said, I think I was just super, super fortunate to have good people that trusted me and, um, I was just able to build from there. I love that. Um, it, it's funny because I've had a, uh, we'll call it a love hate relationship with fitness and health, uh, throughout <laughs> the course of my life, uh, especially most in, people do. Yeah. Especially in my, my thirties. Um, you know, cause the body just doesn't bounce back like it used to. Um, which right. is which is sad, but you know it makes it makes a lot of sense. Um, what's like something that you can tell people that you know who are just starting off, or maybe they're just starting to decide that there's something about themselves that they don't love, and you know they want to get back into it. What's like something that you know piece of advice that you can give for someone who's just like starting to to kick off their their fitness journey or their wellness journey or something you know uh, that they're they're trying to change about themselves? Yeah, I mean, just start small. People think that they have to like dive in and go five days a week and do all these crazy workouts. And like, you know, you see all this stuff on Instagram and whatever. Um, but really just start small. Even if that just means like going for a walk for 15 minutes every day, mm -hmm. um, that's, that's a really good place to start. And I know it sounds like very underwhelming and like silly, but walking is great. It's good, great for your body. It's great for your mind. Um, and then just, yeah, like I said, just take one thing at a time. So um, commit to something to do every day or every week for yourself, but just don't go into it thinking that you're going to go to the gym every day of the week because then when you realize that you're not, that's when people start to be like, oh, well, I didn't go yesterday, so like, what's the point <laughs> in going today? Yeah. There's definitely a point to going today even though you didn't go yesterday. Um, <laughs> it's you know, the, the, so Starting small is just the best way to go. Yeah, that is, uh, that is the reoccurring theme of my fitness journey. It is, oh, you know, I could do it tomorrow. I can... Right. I, I don't need to do it today, but if I do twice as much tomorrow, it'll make up for the fact that I didn't do it today. And that is exactly. so not ever going to work. <laughs> and then that's the other thing. So like you said, I'll do it tomorrow. I'm a big, like my clients, I probably drive them crazy because I tell them all the time. Every Sunday, put in your calendar, like Tuesday, uh, Monday, Tuesday, Thursday. Those are the three days that I know I have time put it in your calendar. It's a date with yourself. It's non-negotiable. So if anyone else asks you to do something at that time slot, when you already said that that's your workout time or your walk time or your reading time, whatever it is that you want to do for yourself, you've already, that time slot is already accounted for, right? So don't mm -hmm. let anything interrupt it. It's just like a work call. If you, if your boss scheduled a call with you on Tuesday at two o'clock, you're not going to schedule something else. So you have to treat it the same way um, just for yourself. I, I like that a lot because I've I've gotten super intentional with, uh, you know, sticking myself to a calendar uh, as I've gotten older because it, there's so many times, like you said, if you don't put the time down on paper, you allow yourself to let that time go by and you get caught up doing something that didn't matter, like mindlessly scrolling on Instagram or watching Netflix. Um, so I actually have started doing that myself. Um, so I'm a too low disciple already and I didn't even know it. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I'm glad to hear that. <laughs> that. That's awesome. I like that. Um, obviously, starting your own company in, the, in you know post pandemic or in the midst of a pandemic, um, and and that could be a very scary thing. And and you jump headfirst into into doing something like that. What gave you confidence in yourself that um, you know you you thought you'd be able to pull this off and and be successful in, in starting your own company and your own uh, brand and your own uh, kind of fitness wellness uh, you know business. 
So you're assuming that I'm actually confident in this. <laughs> well, uh, no, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> no, I am. Um, you know what? I think uh, it's hard to say. I think I'm just confident in um, I know that I know what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Um, I know I've spent a lot of time with my father. He ran a bunch of successful businesses, and I've learned a lot from him business-wise. Um, and then just, like I said, I'm I'm a constant – I'm a student of everything, so I like – learning things about fitness. I like learning things about business. Um, so I'm never just like, I'm, I'm never going to be like too proud to want to learn something else. So it's just knowing that I'm willing to educate myself to always be better for my clients and just kind of being also like a, I practice what I preach. So that's great. I think that confidence just comes from all of that. Yeah. So two things. I like asking people what what gives them confidence because um, for as outwardly confident as I appear on the gram and on social media, obviously, you know, when you reach certain points in your life where you're single or you're going through a bad breakup or you're seeing your friends all traveling to Tulum and whatnot, it's easy for you not to feel like, you know, the the best version of yourself. Um, So for me, I think like the, the one thing that I'd like to instill in people as they listen to this podcast or if they, you know, look at my photography or whatever it might be is that um, as you get older the the more that you know life maybe beats you down a little bit uh, that's when you start becoming the like the most comfortable confident version of yourself and if it takes some like not great things to happen for you to take a risk like starting your own company or your own podcast or your own business um, I, I, like I couldn't possibly recommend it uh, more um, and and I think also you touched on something important um, about learning new stuff and and kind of being able to grow as a person not even just in a business sense, but in in general, um, I don't think people do that enough. Um, I've gotten to a point where I try to read a lot. I read a lot of books, you know, fiction, nonfiction, biographies, whatever it might be. Um, And I I try to consume documentaries and things like that. Um, Is there anything that you don't currently know how to do and or something that you would love to learn how to do? Um, You know, maybe this year, next year, kind of something that's, you know, maybe a new hobby or something you want to pick up? Um, I have a, I have an acoustic guitar that's been sitting in my house. Uh, (laughs) it would be, it would probably love to be strummed a little bit here and there. Um, (laughs) I took lessons a few years ago and then kind of trailed off and then my instructor moved cross country. So I blame him. Um, (laughs) easier to do that. Sure. Yeah, exactly. Obviously it's not me there's no one else in New Jersey that could possibly (laughs) teach me. So thanks a lot, Evan. Um, yeah, but I mean, I would love to learn to play the guitar, but I don't know how much I'm actually would love to learn to play it since I haven't done it yet. Um, but I'm with you. I love reading. Um, I like documentaries as well. Um, I, I, you mentioned something before, and I don't even remember what it was, but um, it just reminded me that I also like to write things down that um, I've been successful at. So this is a kind of a new thing for me. I feel like the older I get, which is kind of annoying to say when I'm only 35, <laughs> but once I hit 30, it was like the, I don't give a fuck anymore Same. age. Right. So like, you don't care what people think of you or anything like that. Like everyone at some point in their life hated to compare themselves to everyone else. And people still do it because social media makes everyone look like they're living these rock star lives, but just even like more locally, you know, I went to a private Catholic high school and there's things that you're supposed to live up to. You're supposed to go to a really good college and then get a really good job. And I didn't, I mean, 
I was a terrible student, admittedly. I got by with B's and C's, so I never pushed myself. Right. Now I look back and I'm like, I wish I did a little bit more, but what's done is done. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I feel like, you, you know, the, your whole like teens and 20s are wasted on like comparison and wanting to do more and feeling like you're not doing enough. So when you hit 30, it's like, you know what? I don't care anymore. Like I'm doing what I want to do. Um, I don't need the fancy this or the fancy that. Whatever makes me happy makes me happy. Um, so I've been getting better now, just like writing things down to like, like almost like, I guess a gratitude journal, oh, just yeah. jotting down, a, just jotting down a few things every day that um, feel like successes to me. Like it can be anything like, I don't know, my dogs do something and uh, my clients accomplish something. So it's not just what I'm doing. It's just like, you know, people around me and, and what's, what's going on. That's awesome. I mean, truly awesome on so many levels because I couldn't possibly agree with someone more. Um, I, I think for sure, once I hit 30 and, and maybe even it took a couple years after for me to learn the lesson of not really giving a shit what other people are doing around me, um, it was such a freeing kind of moment in my life when it's like, yeah, I don't need five more pairs of Jordans, even though I love sneakers. <laughs> I don't need, right. you know, a, a nicer car because X, Y, Z. Um, it, it's, it's, it's really nice to have, you know, kind of graduated mentally, uh, to that state. Um, and, and to go in, in turn with that is I, I've started writing a lot more again too. And you know, I used to do a lot more back in my twenties. Um, but I've, I've started doing something every morning very similar to you is like, what am I thankful for? Um, what am I looking forward to? And like, what am I trying to accomplish either today or this week or this month? Um, I think it has had a profound impact on not just like my mood, but like my, my, my life in general. Like I've been able to like look at things like, Oh, like May 1st of last year, um, this is what I was worried about. And this is what I was thinking about. And like, look how far I've come now. And I don't have those same worries or, or concerns. And it's, 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 it's a nice reminder. And, and my biggest recommendation on that is to physically write it out. Don't like type it on a note on your phone. I think something behind the, um, the actual pen to paper has made more of an impact for me than if I just type a note uh, on my phone. Um, but man, you just touched on so much stuff that I like. I, I couldn't possibly agree with you more, and and, and I love that. Um, yeah, I'm definitely a pen to paper too. Actually, we were me and my wife moved. Um, I guess it's been a few months now, several months now, and we were like unpacking these boxes, and she was like, "You have so many notebooks, like all these notepads. Why do we need all these notebooks?" And I'm like. Don't throw any of them away. Like I, <laughs> I want them. I need them. Yeah. And then for my birthday, she got me this. Um, it's like an electronic notebook. Oh, so cool. now it's just it's almost like an iPad, but it's just a notebook. So you can just write on it. It's like a little tablet. Uh-huh. So I don't have to have all these notebooks anymore. But I still, I still guilty pleasure. I have like you know legal pads that I like writing. I just like pen to paper. I, I agree. Um, that's pretty cool. So what what happens like after you finish a page? It like just becomes blank. So it's like, it's hard to explain, but I have like all my client programs in it. So if I go to like John's program, I have all your workouts that we did and any notes that I just jot down. Um, And you can also like look at it from your computer or your your phone app. So it's pretty cool. That is pretty cool. Um, You mentioned successes, um, obviously not just your own, but your your clients as well. Um, If you can look at something that you've accomplished over the last, I don't know, five, 10 years, what would you say is like your greatest success to date? Ooh, and that's just in general, anything? personally, you know, work wise, whatever. 
Some just something that comes to mind that you're like, wow, I I did that. That was fucking sweet. Um, I mean, starting my own business was pretty awesome, but uh, I think just getting married and finding someone that wa- wanted to marry me was pretty cool. <laughs> and that is and cool. You know, I'm even more proud because I'm an Android user and she has an iPhone, so oh. I feel like that in and of itself is pretty awesome because iPhone users hate Android people. So I'm like, if if I'm good enough to keep around when I'm a green <laughs> bubble, I'm pretty cool. You're so true. I judge people so hard. And, and I did give you a, a slight judgment when I texted you. And I was like, oh, fuck, it didn't turn blue. I, I can't I cannot possibly imagine marrying an Android person. Is that terrible? That's so ridiculous. You would have to get Sarah on the line. Um, <laughs> but I've never been in a group chat that didn't complain about it. That is incredible. I, I mean, that's just absolutely hysterical. Um, and and I think when we were talking earlier, you mentioned you guys have been married for three years now. Uh, yep, almost three years. How uh, how did you guys meet? Just like every other couple, um, we met online. Oh no way! That's awesome. That gives me a yep. little bit of hope. I mean, I'm 35 single and you know doing all that fun app stuff. <laughs> yeah, we uh we found success on OK Cupid. Wow, throwback. Uh, okay. No. Very nice. Yeah, I don't even know if that's still around. But I guess we met like five years ago, almost five years ago. Um, and then we ended up having a mutual friend, which kind of made it a little bit better. And then he tries to take credit. And I'm like, dude, you never even mentioned her name to me ever. <laughs> and so you don't get any credit for this. He's like, yeah, but I like pushed it along. We're like, we were going to meet either way. But like, then I just felt more confident that Sarah wasn't going to murder me <laughs> when we did meet. That's so, so funny. Uh, it's funny because, I mean, obviously we met in real life, you know, way before becoming like online friends. But, I, you know, yep. I, I think about that a lot because, you know, the online dating landscape. Now, listen, I'm 6'1", 225 pounds. I don't think I'm going to get kidnapped, but I could imagine that being <laughs> like a thought process that goes through a lot of women's minds. Like you don't know who the person is on the other end. Right. You know, I always met everyone in public settings. Yeah, me too. Um, <laughs> but you can just never be too too sure if we are actually going to meet. I know, the, the world's picture, crazy. You know, I've seen, I've seen plenty of episodes of Catfish, so I know that the picture might not always be the actual person. My, my biggest but thing... in my case, I, I was lucky that it was. You sure are. My, my biggest thing is I got to the point now where like, all right, if we're talking on the app and we go to phones and you're blue, uh, we're FaceTiming before we're meeting. I want to know that you are indeed <laughs> the person that you claim to be. And uh, thankfully, I haven't been catfished yet. I, well, I mean, I did and, when I was in my 20s, but th- not recently. <laughs> and if you get a green bubble, you're like, oh, this poor piece of shit. I'm not going to meet her. It's not even that. Like a lot of my friends have Androids. I just, I don't know. It's just weird. I, I just like I've got an Apple computer. I've got an iPad. I've got an iPhone. It's just so easy. It's stupid. They made it just like dummy proof. It just all works together. And They've got right. the best marketing, but yeah, I, I, I do cringe a little every time I text a girl that I match with and she's green and I'm like, oh fuck, like, how's this going to work? You now? know what? <laughs> My advice to you is to give her a chance. Yeah, I'm going to give her a chance. <laughs> and then if we're dating in a year, I'm going to buy her an iPhone. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Too funny. Um, so obviously you've got a lot to be proud of. You, you've, you know, you've turned what for otherwise for a lot of people have been, um, you know, a tough shitty year. Um, into like a, an absolutely massive positive. Um, do you have any regrets like, or, or something that sticks out in your mind that you wish you could have changed about, you know, the last couple of years or, you know, something that, that sticks out over the last couple of months? Um, I mean, my only regret over the last couple of years would probably looking back, I wish I did something like this sooner, mm-hmm. um, like starting my own business. But 
you know, I think uh, everything happens for a reason, and every other job that I had, I considered just a learning experience, and I took from that um, the positives and negatives and things that I could take with me and things that I knew to stay away from and just helped that build what I'm building now. So, I mean, there's plenty of regrets in my life, but uh, <laughs> over the last couple of years, I think I've been lucky enough to not really have anything major. That's awesome. I like that. And I love that for you. That's great. Um, obviously, we were talking about, you know, your fitness business. Um, I, I struggle with mostly food consumption. Like I, I just, I've been doing the intermittent fasting thing for the last year and I've seen such amazing results. And obviously, it, it, it couples with what you're eating and putting in your body and, um, you know, my exercise regimen. Um, what is something small that I can do from a, like a food perspective that will make a huge impact uh, long-term and please don't say stop eating carbs. <laughs> I would never say to stop eating carbs. Um, <laughs> it's a hard, it's a loaded question just because, you know, it's like, Oh, well, I don't really know what you're eating and things like that. Not to like be too I, I had specific. Taco Bell and give such a, <laughs> you it, know what? If it fits, if it fits your calories and you don't overeat the rest of the day, I say, I hope you enjoyed that Taco Bell. It's Cinco de Mayo. <laughs> it felt like the right this thing to do. <laughs> no, you did. You were, you were right. That's perfect. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I mean, and this is going to sound bad now after you told me what you had for lunch, but, um, <laughs> you know, processed foods, just minimalizing it, you know, eating good protein, making sure you're getting fiber in. Um, I think one of the problems with like the fitness and health industry is that people try to overcomplicate things when it's, it's pretty simple. It's not easy, but mm -hmm. it's simple. Right. Um, that's like going back to what I said before, like don't do everything at once. So just start with one meal. If you're struggling, take one meal and be like, for lunch, I'm going to have a big-ass salad with some protein, and that's going to set me up for dinner. And then every day that week, you just make sure that you're getting your vegetables and, and everything in and start start basic, start easy, and just don't don't go crazy because that's what happens then is then you're, you're going to like binge on Taco Bell for the next three days, right? <laughs> Thankfully, no, but, but yeah. <laughs> well, not you, but <laughs> there are people that will. Like once right. they start having it, they're like, oh, it's like the forbidden fruit. Now I have to have it all. <laughs> yeah. No, I uh, I totally appreciate that. Um, I was recently uh, listening to one of uh, Joe Rogan's uh, podcast episodes where he had Ethan Suppley on. Do you know who Ethan is? I don't believe so. He's an actor. He was in Remember the Titans, Boy Meets World. He was the very, 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 very overweight guy. Um, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Boy Meets World. I know. Yep. Yeah. He played Vader's son on Boy Meets World or whatever. Um, and he was the huge guy in Remember the Titans on the line. Um, and he is now unrecognizably fit. And he said something that I thought was super important and probably, you know, a couple million people are going to hear, but you know, my hope is that the 50 or 60 more people that'll listen to this will hear was he struggled <laughs> You know, he was as high as 550 pounds. He was as low wow. as 200 pounds. And he's now about 270 pounds, but like ripped out of his mind. Um, wow. Yeah. Cra crazy swings. And uh, it's it's a truly amazing. His before and after pictures are just, you know, staggering. They look like two completely different human beings. Um, but he uh, he made a, a really uh, important point that I thought was like kind of really blew me away. He was like, listen, he's like, I have like a mental illness. Like I've got a complicated and unhealthy relationship with food 
dating back to when I was a kid and, um, you know, how that kind of impacted his entire adult life was like really incredible. And, you know, I don't want to paraphrase too much because I think his words that he actually said were, were important and I'll link it in the show notes on the, uh, on the podcast episode, but how much of what you do, uh, for, as a fitness and wellness coach is really more mental than actual like physical, because to me, it seems like a lot of what people struggle with is more in their head than necessarily what they, you know, can or cannot do physically. Yeah, absolutely. So I actually, when I was listening to a podcast yesterday, we're just going to go back and forth quoting podcasts that we've listened to recently <laughs> That's great. on this podcast. Um, but yeah, there was, I was listening to a podcast yesterday and the fitness professional was saying, um, if you, if you like working out, being a personal trainer is not the job for you. Right. If you like coaching, personal training is the job for you. So my job is to kind of just break through these habits with people. And um, like you say, it's, it, there's a lot more to it than just the physical aspect mm -hmm. and getting people to understand. And everyone thinks like, oh, I'm eating so clean. I'm, if you were eating as clean as you're saying you are and as, and as properly portioned as you think that you are, you know, you wouldn't be like, I need to lose this amount of weight or my pants don't fit me anymore because those calories aren't like that, that body fat's just not appearing out of nowhere. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, so it's getting people to just understand like what their habits really are. And the hardest part of it is that people don't want to realize because they feel like they're doing, because then it would make it seem like they're doing something bad or something wrong. And there's mm -hmm. nothing wrong with what they're doing. But if you want to read a book, you can't just buy the book. You need to open the pages and read it, right? So cool. it's the same thing with, with fitness. It's like you have to be able to do the work, and that's just that's not just with dumbbells. It's You know, you have to look inside yourself too. I, uh, I'm definitely stealing that line. You can't just buy a book, <laughs> and I, I like that line a lot. I'm going to write that down and steal that for sure. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I love that, and, and obviously it's so much, you know, again, going back to, you know, finding your passions in life and, like, how you stumble into fitness and how I stumbled into photography in this podcast. It's like these things take work and, like, a mm -hmm. lot of introspective work and figuring out and making mistakes and growing, and there's, like, no – like, everyone is looking for the immediate, I want to lose 50 pounds in five days and I want to have a six pack by summer, but nobody wants to open the book and do the work. And, uh, I think right. that's super important. Um, and, and so glad that you touched upon that and I'm stealing that. <laughs> yeah. And it's also really important to realize, like, I'm not gonna, I'm not like a miracle maker, right? I'm there and I'm there to help coach you and give you advice and kind of guide you in the right direction. But I'm with my clients for maybe two hours a week. So mm -hmm. they have a lot of time on their own where they need to understand. And I try to get this across to all my clients. It's like if they're if they're and I'm not saying all of my clients want to lose weight, but the clients that do want to lose weight, um, they got to do it on, on their own. them. Yeah. Yeah. That's more on them than it is on me. So they can't just hire someone and that, whether it's me or anyone to think that we're just going to help them lose five pounds. Cause like I said, it's a lot of what they're going to be doing for themselves. Um, and they just have to trust the person that they hire to, to give them the right advice and guide them. Yeah. That, that I think that's super important. Um, obviously we touched a lot about, um, books and, and, and opening them. Uh, two questions would be number one, what is your favorite book? And number two, um, do you have any book recommendations for people that are looking to do fitness journeys or wellness journeys that, uh, you think might be important for people to take a look at? 
So my favorite book, um, and this is like such a probably cliche answer, but there's a good reason behind it, is Catcher in the Rye. Oh, yes. Love that. And that that is because um, in high school, I never opened any book. You know, all the books you get assigned, summer reading, I pretty much did none of that. Same. Um, So I had this one teacher in, I think it was my junior year, sophomore, junior year of high school, and she gave us an assignment and it was to create um, a soundtrack to Catcher in the Rye using the Linkin Park Hybrid Theory album. Wow. So we had to choose, I think it was probably like five songs from that album and correlate it to different parts of the book. And I loved Linkin Park at the time. So I was like, this is finally an assignment that I would love to do. So I finally opened my first book and read it. Um, and then, uh, of course, who wouldn't love Catch in the Rye? I mean, there are people that don't, but I'm yeah. not one of them. Um, I loved <laughs> Same. it. Same. Loved that assignment. And that book, like, literally changed my life. I never read a book in my life. And then I just couldn't stop going to Barnes & Noble and buying books. Mm. Um, and still to this day, I read books all the time. Nice. I like that. I think, I, I mean, so same on every aspect of what you just said. I did no reading in school. My summer reading list was faked 100%. I did none of the work in you know English class or whatever. And it's funny because I ended up being super passionate about writing and I read like crazy same. now. And it's so yep, funny. It's so funny what a change it's been within myself over the last you know 10 years. And uh, wow, it's so funny. Um, I too love Catcher in the Rye. And uh, I think it gets a bad rap because it's you know woke culture and all that dumb shit that I don't <laughs> talk about at all um right right but uh do you have any uh fitness books or wellness books that you think are 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 good for people to pick up um if you don't have one off the top of your head but yeah yeah no um i loved atomic habits um that was a really good book i think it's by james clear Mm -hmm. i want to say okay um that was a really good book um i don't really i try not to read too much fitness too many fitness books just because sometimes when I'm reading, I just want to zone out. So I used to read a lot of like sociology, psychology, all kinds of books. Um, and now I just try to read more, more fiction because that's when I can just kind of zone out and mindlessly read. I'm with you on that. I, uh, I read everything. I just, if someone, and this is such a selfish question. I don't necessarily care for people who are listening to this to get a book recommendation. This is all for me. This is totally selfish, <laughs> on, totally selfish <laughs> on my part um, because it's crazy. I love to read. And, uh, you know, it, it's funny how, you know, media is different now, right? We've got access to every movie in the history of the world and we've got access to every book in the history of the world. And it can be super overwhelming, but it's also kind of great. Absolutely. Um, you've obviously got a lot of free time in your hands, uh, because you're spending an hour with your favorite New Jerseyan, John, in the middle of the day. I'm just kidding. Um, what do you, what do you like to do on the weekends? Obviously you've got two dogs, um, but what do you and your wife kind of do to kind of relax on the weekends, free time, just kind of veg besides reading or, or, you know, working out? Um, you know, we like to just go for walks, be outside as much as possible, especially now with the nice weather. Um, we both love reading, so we are definitely both bookworms, but you know, if it's like a day like today, it's rainy out. If we were both home, we would probably just be binging some ridiculous TV show like everyone else. <laughs> nice. Um, yeah, it's, it's hard. Cause you know, especially now it's like, what do you really do? Um, can't go so. anywhere. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, we know we like to go to breweries and things like that. Um, but nowadays it's just a lot of Netflix. We've definitely watched most shows um 
Ted Lasso was a recent one that we just oh, finished. I don't know if you've seen that, I but have. that was I've, awesome. I've watched, I've watched it twice. It is so we, oh, wholesome. So good. It is so yes, wholesome. I, I did not expect it to be as heartwarming as it was. I thought it just seemed like a stupid comedy, and I kept putting it off, even though everyone was like, you have to watch it. You're going to love it. We finally popped it on the other night, and we were like, why did we wait so long? I know. It's so good. And I think it boils down to Jason Sudeikis' character and, and his portrayal of this fictional character because he just brings a level of uh, you know genuine... I don't know, kindness and warmth to the role that it's just like, oh my God, this is the best show. And it could have been cheesy. It could have gone the way of like a cheesy, dorky 30 minute comedy right. about this, you know, guy who goes to coach a soccer team, never having coached it before. Right. Um, but it's just so wholesome. It's so, it's, there's such heart to the show. I've been telling people for like months or maybe a year now uh, to watch it. It's so good. Oh, I'm so glad you well, watched that. If anyone is listening right now and they have not watched it, do yourself a favor and and turn it on. Yeah, for sure. Um, so obviously you're you're in love. You're married. Um, you've got a successful internet to life marriage. Um, what <laughs> what is something? So like obviously you know I'm single currently. I've had some really great relationships, some really bad relationships. What do you think is like one or two, maybe three things that you know um, is super important uh, for a relationship or for your relationship that you can kind of speak to that like makes it work? Um, you know, it could be just personal experience with having commonalities or or whatnot but um what's something that you think is like something that makes you guys work so well um i think we are good communicators and that's mostly comes from sarah so i'm not a i'm probably not the best communicator she would say <laughs> but she almost and i don't want to say forces me because that sounds like a bad thing but we talk about things that maybe other people might brush under the rug and not want to talk about. Mm -hmm. um, and it could be small things, it could be big things, but you know, if there's something going on, we talk about it. And I think that that's just like a huge thing. And it sounds like, again, probably cliche and whatever, but I think when you have uh, good communication and trust, um, I think it's just, it's just what makes it work. We have a lot of things in common, but we have a lot of things that we don't have in common. And I don't think that really in the end of the day, at the end of the day matters. Um, because the more important things that keep our relationship what it is, um, we see eye to eye on. Um, yeah, I don't think that's cliche. I think, I, think, I think that's super important, yeah. Yeah, and I think that we both um, learned a lot from past relationships, which is another good thing. Um, we were both in longer-term relationships before we met each other, mm -hmm. um, and they just didn't work out. You know, it's, it wasn't anyone's fault, or there was no, like, big, bad breakups. Um, but me and my ex, we just didn't, it was just came to the point where we, where we realized that we weren't going to be together for the rest of our lives. And there's nothing wrong with that. Um, the worst part was like, you feel like you wasted a couple of years of your life, but <laughs> yeah. so, so what you move on and you just take things like that, that you've learned. It's like I said about running a business, right? You take things that you've learned and you put it towards what you're doing now. And, um, yeah, I think that that's really, really all it is. That's great. And, and you touched upon communication, which I think is um, probably one of the top threes for me in a relationship. And it for sure never was um, because I'm very similar to you in that it would be like pulling teeth to ask me what's wrong or blah, blah. You know, it's hard to be extremely vulnerable and open with someone, um, even if they are your significant other, because at the end of the day, they have this ability that they can take that information and really hurt you. And it took me a really long time to be able to kind of 
to get over my own insecurities about the things that I have going on in my life or going on in my head and be able to share that with a person. Um, and, and now it's like this Pandora's box of I am such a incredibly open book that people are like, all right, bro, you need to like dial it back a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's good though. You know what? And I think the communication and the trust go hand in hand. Cause like you said, you know, you don't want someone to use what you said against you. And I think when you find the right person and trust them, you know that you can tell them literally anything and they're not going to down the road, throw it in your face. I am, I'm going to verbatim read a meme that I found this morning because it's it's so important <laughs> and it's like I couldn't articulate it any better, but it's it's fully where I'm at now in, in kind of like my dating life. It says, I hate small talk. I want to talk about atoms. I want to talk about death, aliens, sex, magic, intellect, the meaning of life, faraway galaxies, music that makes you feel different, memories, the lies you've told, your flaws, your favorite sense, what your childhood was like, what keeps you up at night, your insecurities, and your fears. I like people with depth who speak with emotion from a twisted mind. I don't want to know what's up. And it's funny because I definitely, for a long time, only wanted to know what's up. But being more comfortable in the person who I am and having the confidence in like the person that I've become, I'm, I'm more ready to be vulnerable with people about my insecurities or things that I'm thinking of or, or you know, etc. Um, so I think it's, uh, it's so you know appropriate for where I'm at in my life right now. <laughs> Absolutely. I like that. And you know what? I should also say that part of my confidence, I think also comes from Sarah who has confidence in me because when I lost my job and I didn't know what the heck I was going to do, um, she supported me a thousand percent on me taking this chance and, and coming up with this business and working crazy hours to get it off it off its feet. Um, and I think, yeah, when you have a partner that has confidence in you, you just automatically kind of, you know, stand a little taller, I think. I think that's so hugely important. And what is the one envious thing I have about people who are in like happy and healthy relationships is at times it's, you know, it's great. I've got an incredible group of, of friends and my family is incredible. And for sure, they give me the confidence to be able to stand up and, you know, start a podcast, chase my dream of being a photographer, etc. Um, but you know, when at the end of the day, when you lose your job, and you've got nobody else there for you, it's nice to have a person that loves you unconditionally, and is like there to support you. Uh, and exactly, and it's incredible. I, I absolutely love that. Um, yeah, and you know, they, they also ask the tough questions, too. Because you know what, if I went to my friends, and I was like, I'm gonna do this, they'd be like, Yeah, you know what, go for it, do it. Yeah, but when it doesn't you have someone them. at home, <laughs> Right, exactly. When when it's your wife or your husband or whoever it may be and you tell them, you know, she wasn't just like, yeah, go do it. It's like, are you sure? Do you know how to do this? Mm -hmm. Like, where are you going to start? And, you know, the, the questions that need to be asked um, before you get too ahead of yourself. And you're like, yeah, I'm just going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm like, see ya. <laughs> it's like, take a step back, you know, let me ground you a little bit. Let's talk about it. I'm going to support you. But I also want to make sure that you understand what you're getting yourself into. A hundred percent. Know fully what you're getting yourself involved in and I'm here for you, but also I want to see you be successful. And right. uh, that's that's so great. Um, right. For sure. I mean, that that's so crucially and important. Um, obviously, you know, you've started your, your business journey in the last year. I think it's been, has it been a year now? Um, no, I start, I mean, 
I was just doing it for fun, really, okay. for the first few months of the pandemic. So it's been about six months, I guess, gotcha. okay. since it's fully fully been going. So obviously, this is a bit of a loaded question, but um, it's a new thing. It's something that you're being successful with. It's something that you love and enjoy doing. Where do you see yourself and your business five years from now? It is a loaded question just because <laughs> I feel like, and I mean this in the best way possible, I've spoiled all of my clients because I show up to their house to their houses with all my equipment. I train them. I leave. They hop back on their Zoom and they go about their business. My dream is to open up a studio, which I'm sure at some point I'll do mm -hmm. um, when things, you know, become a little bit different than they are now. Um, but it's just making sure that everyone is going to be ready to transition back into um, gyms and things like that. Mm -hmm. So um, I'm kind of like a traveling gym right now. Sure. I have a, my car is full of dumbbells and kettlebells and battle ropes and anything that we might need for a workout. Hope you have an SUV. Um, <laughs> I do, luckily. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I mean, down the road, I definitely want to have my own studio um, for, for private training, small group training, things like that. But I'm not going to rush into anything just to do it to like, you know, puff out my chest and make it seem like, whoa, look what I did. Mm -hmm. um, I want to make sure it's at the right time and uh, it all makes sense during whatever whatever's going to happen in the world over the next couple of years. Crucially important, obviously. Um, and, and I think that's part of how your wife probably is uh, a really good crutch in that regard, because you probably touched on something in there that's super important. That is, you want to open a studio. Maybe that's like your biggest dream. That's something that you super is super important to you and inspire to do, but doing it the smart way, the right way, you know, in this insane COVID world, um, that's, I think that's, what you just said by not doing it to puff out my chest could not possibly be any more appropriate for the conversation that we're having. Yeah. I mean, maybe a few years ago, younger Kristen would just be like, ah, whatever, I'll figure it out. I'm going to do it. But you know, it's, it's not just, you know, buy an Xbox, which I would do just because I felt like it that day and I wanted to play one game and I might not play it again, <laughs> ever again, which yeah. it's collecting dust in my cabinet right now. But um, yeah, you know, you, you just have to do the, do things the right way. I think, I think, I think that's awesome. Uh, and it goes back to so much growth that I've encountered personally and that I'm sure you can obviously attest to as well is that over time you start realizing how it doesn't matter the persona that you play on the internet because that's not the person that you are. And for me, I got lost in that in my twenties. I wanted to be the person who was in Miami and in Vegas with the bottle service and the girls, mm -hmm. uh, driving the nice car, having the nice watch. And don't get me wrong. Like I still like watches and I still like shoes and I still like to travel, but I don't necessarily feel the need to like flaunt it anymore. I'm not showing on for anyone. I want to be a person who's doing the things that he likes to do and loves to do and does them for that reason and not for some ulterior motive that it's keeping up with the Joneses. Exactly. You've, you've hit many nails on the head there. Um, <laughs> I feel the same way. That's, that's great. And I you mean, know, that's why we're friends. And I think, <laughs> and I think honestly, I'm probably more of a loser online than I am in real life. I think I'm pretty awesome, but, uh, I only have about 400 Instagram followers which I feel like people look at and they're like, Oh, this poor girl thinks she has a successful business. But like, <laughs> that's another thing is you don't need to have a lot of followers to, to be make successful. it. So you, you, yeah. Uh, talk about if, hitting, if my, yeah. if my income relied on my followers, I'd be in big trouble right now. Talk about hitting a nail on the head and you just smashed it there because for a long time and, and still at times 
I put a lot of validity and stock into that number. It doesn't mean shit. I, you know, but like when you're, you know, quote unquote artist, like I, you know, try to be, you know, at the end of the day, that number has some validation to who I am and what I'm doing. And it's a hard thing to break that mindset. I mean, granted, I've got businesses that I run from, you know, a financial perspective that, you know, pay for my bills. But the number one Mm -hmm. thing that I'm passionate about and want to be successful in is my photography. So it's like you post something and you get, you know, 30 likes, you're like, Oh, fuck. Like nobody likes this. Like what the hell? And it's such a, right? an important mindset to break because it doesn't mean shit. If I have a million Instagram followers tomorrow, I wake up, I go viral, I've got a million Instagram followers. I am not gonna feel a million times better. I'm gonna feel more right. stress and more pressure to make more stuff that I think is better, and it'll just be a compounding level of shit that's gonna make it worse. Exactly. I, I mean, it's important. I, I, I talk about it a lot because I've reached a point where, you know, at a very young and somewhat spry 35 years old, I'm the most confident and the most happy I've ever been in my own skin. And I really want that for everybody. And I know like a lot of people who struggle with anxiety and people who are like, you know, look at things like their Instagram follower account that don't mean shit and worry about it. And I just want everyone to not give a fuck anymore. It's so, so completely unimportant. Yeah, I would just hope for everyone that does feel that way to that they get to the point where we clearly are at um, where you realize that there are just things, some things in life that do not matter. And the number of followers that you have, unless um, I'm sure that there are specific reasons why you would want to have a lot of followers sure. um, if you're a, a brand or whatever. But, you know, for people like us, we don't need to have have that. But um and I'm, and I'm with you. But you know what? If you need to get more likes on a picture, I recommend dogs because that <laughs> seems to be what, what's been working for me. Speaking of so things. You know, if I'm, if I'm thirsty for some likes, I just throw a picture of my dogs up there and it usually, usually does it. I usually post a bikini picture, a nice thirst trap for the, for the ladies out there. But yeah, <laughs> uh, speaking of dog, I'm, I'm glad that I bought a new microphone because my dog is so aggressively snoring next to me right now. And it's, I'm extremely <laughs> thankful that you cannot hear it. <laughs> I cannot hear that at all, but my dog, I'm watching my dogs who are both also sleeping right now. So we're obviously very entertaining. Yeah, it's, it's that rainy day nap that, uh, they just want to chill. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, I think obviously we, we've touched on some, some really incredible, important things and it goes without saying that I'm going to want to do this with you again in the future. Um, what's sure. maybe the biggest piece of advice that someone has given you, um, or a piece of advice that you have to dole out to the people who are hearing you talk for the first time on the podcast today? Man, another loaded question. <laughs> um, I don't know what advice I've been given off the top of my head that that I would give out again. Um, but I guess on the spot, I will say just another cliche. Like if there's something that you want to do, do it. Um, I know it sounds silly, but I know that you've done it. And this is why you're hosting on this podcast right now. And I did it. And that's why I have my own business right now. Um, and I think everyone that just kind of realizes that, you, you know, if there's something that you want, just why not go for it? Like what is really, just ask yourself what's holding you back. Mm-hmm. And if there's not a good reason, then I think that you should go for it. I like that. And obviously it goes without saying that I completely and utterly agree. And my piece of advice is would have to be that, and I think it's like a Thomas Edison quote or 
Ben Franklin or fuck, I don't know who. Um, lost time is never found again. And I think as you get older, you start realizing as things get taken from you more and more frequently, whether it's people, jobs, stuff, etc., um, that there's really no guarantees in life. And I think exactly if you can spend your time making the most of that time, whether it's reading a book you want to read, seeing a movie you want to mm-hmm. see, starting a podcast you want to start, building a business yeah, you want to build. It doesn't have to be anything big. Mm-hmm. Like like you said, if it's getting a book and reading that, like do it. Yep. There's no point in waiting. I completely, completely, 100% agree. But again, this is why we're friends. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so my, my last question is a bit of a, a tough one. And I like pe- putting people on the spot for this um, because I just, you know, it's, it's, it's an interesting segue to the end of the conversation. But <laughs> what is one recommendation that you have for everybody listening today? It could be a book that you've recently read, a podcast you've listened to, a movie, TV show, whatever, just something that you've consumed recently um, that you recommend for people to, 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 to take a look at. Um, I recommend that everyone go follow Kristen Tulo Fitness on Instagram. <laughs> I was going to plug uh, that no, already. I'm just, but yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm, just, I'm just kidding. Um, no, I'm just kidding. Um, my recommendation, seriously, is Yasso Frozen Yogurt Bars. Ooh. I don't normally like, um, I guess it's Greek yogurt. Uh, I don't, I'm not really a yogurt person, but um, these bars are awesome. It's like eating ice cream and every flavor that I've had is, is amazing. So and, that's and my healthy? recommendation. I mean, there are a hundred calories. If we're going by calories, I never uh-huh. really looked at everything else to be honest, because I just enjoy it too much nice. to ruin it. Oh. Um, well, I'm, yeah, I'm I all mean, about hundred calorie snacks. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a perfect after dinner treat. Nice. Oh, I'm going to, I'm going to definitely be buying some of those for sure. Um, my biggest piece of advice, uh, recently finished a book called Notes on a Nervous Planet. Uh, it's by Matt Haig. I want to give absolutely zero context for the book. I want people just to go out, buy it, read it, enjoy it. It's incredible. I think it'll make people a little bit calmer, a little bit more comfortable with themselves. Uh, and it just It's a really good book, and I couldn't possibly recommend it more uh, for people to take a look at. It's Notes on a Nervous Planet. It's by Matt Haig. Uh, Kristen, this was so much fun. Uh, I'm so glad that we got a chance to do this. And like I said, I I can't wait to do it again. Um, I think this was just probably one of my favorite conversations that I've had so far. Um, I will link your Instagram and or website and everything in the show notes below. Um, Thanks for coming on. This was so, so fun. And uh, look forward to doing it again. And have a great rest of your day. Yeah, thanks so much for having me, John. It was awesome. No problem. Talk to you later.